0: Hey,
1: everybody. This is Nick.
0: And this is Carrie.
1: And we are Nerdflix and Chill. And we've actually taken a couple weeks away from the show. And I think the primary reason why we've done that is, uh, there's been so much going on publicly and socially here in the U.S. that, um, it felt good just to take a, a back seat a little bit and really kind of prioritize and, and, um, listen to, a lot of what's been happening in, in the streets of the United States with regards to the the protests over the murder of George Floyd and, um, you know, all the conversation that has come up in the wake of it. So we really just kind of spent some time uh, listening a little bit as opposed to getting on our show and, and doing what we do where we, we talk, talk a lot.
0: Yeah, and it's... You know, we talked about this before involving the pandemic, which is still going on, of course, um, that in times like these, I think we've both found that it's been kind of difficult to kind of concentrate and shut out the outside world when everything that's going on is so intense. It's it's hard to concentrate and escape. Um So I think, yeah, I think we both needed a little bit of time to, uh, just be quiet and relax and, um, listen exactly like you said, and just take everything in. And, uh, now I think we're at a point where we can kind of regroup a little bit and we can widen our scope a little bit more and, uh, yeah, I think it's time for a little bit of an escape. But I think our subject that we have for today is a nice bridge between the reality of things that are going on and the escapes that we love.
1: Yeah, and I think the reality of that, and I think the theme of the show in a weird way, and this is going to sound kind of uh, harsh right out the gate, but it's that there is no escape. There is no escape yeah. in your escapism because your escapism is... A condensed story about real life suffering and yeah. real life issues and, and things like that. So, um, just to kind of give you guys an idea of where we're going here is <sighs> so oftentimes we look at our comic book films and our genre films as a form of escapism, right? We love that, that kind of fantasy world that lives in because, uh, it takes us away from the rather harsh reality that we currently find ourselves living in. That being said, you know, there's this this refrain that comes up from people that I find very, very frustrating, and I hear it time and time again, and I hear it with everything that's going on right now when people are looking for some sort of escapism, and they say inevitably the following phrase... I just want to keep politics and social issues out of my insert name of beloved franchise here yeah. star wars x men you know Lord of the Rings, comic book any comic book stuff um the problem with that phrase is the politics is about power structure and power structures are kind of the main driving force uh within all of these genre pieces of entertainment yeah. You know, it's like, hey, I, honestly, when people say keep your politics out of Star Wars, I think it's one of the dumbest things that a person could possibly say.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, just like you said, a lot of the things that we love so much, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, um, all the Marvel stuff, it it is bathed in civil rights and yeah. um, politics and it, it just it
1: it's all allegorical it's all it, allegorical
0: you know what it it is and it's it's amazing to me that you would think that you know we've had these things given to us and are so beloved in our culture that the stuff that we're going through right now shouldn't be happening
1: yeah And I think when people say that, you know, keep your politics, or keep politics out of Star Wars, or keep politics out of this, keep politics out of that, I think people really lose track of what these stories are. Yeah. You know, I think that's, I think the thing is, is that within these stories, they look at them as escapism, and yes, they are to a high degree, but they're also about, like, human aspiration. Like, heroes and stories... Um, inspire us to be better right and if we're just looking at it if we're just looking at at a hero in a story saying wow i love that character but that character is fake and does not exist and now i have to go back to my real world that's not the right way to look at these stories they should inspire something within you that's the whole point of it right and it's not
0: just happening in a galaxy far far away
1: right right Mm -hmm. yeah I mean, if you take the politics out of Star Wars, you literally just have Star.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. In the title, even. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, I mean, it's it's all about politics. Star Wars is about fighting against fascism. Yeah. Plain and simple. I, I don't understand that line of thinking, and I think we have to connect the stories that we love and the storytelling that we love to our modern world as a way to help interpret the things that are going on and having empathy for people who are being oppressed, having empathy for people that are having their voices silenced. I think we need to do that to have a better understanding of systematic oppression that has created an untenable situation in our world. And we need to take those things from those stories that we love so much and apply that and understand that and understand how those things relate to our modern world.
0: So and and that was that was really a lot of the purpose a lot of a lot of these things. Um, or they were maybe that wasn't the initial driving force but that was uh, and on everything with some it was but then that was where a lot of the inspiration came from as well and when where things developed and i think I, <sighs> you would think that it's not so subtle that it would be lost on people, but apparently it is. And I have to say that in looking at some of these, yeah, some of it was lost on me too. There were a lot of things that I didn't realize. Um, and I think it's, it's brilliant, but I think it's, it, it's really important for us to maybe kind of remind people or, or enlighten people to some of the things that they've watched and loved, uh, what those roots were and what the point of that was. So, um, let's get into it.
1: Okay. So which one would you like to talk about first?
0: One is, it's one of my favorite ones. And I had no idea what the underlying, um, symbol symbolism was in this was the X-Men.
1: hmm
0: Um, there's an article that I read, um, that's on history.com, um, that was written not long after Stan Lee passed. Um, and this one primarily highlights X-Men. Um, but really there's so much that Stan Lee wrote that deals with all of this, deals with racism and deals with civil rights. Um, but the thing with X-Men that really, um, really interested stan lee was it wasn't just a battle of good and evil it wasn't just black and white it was that you had this group of mutants and there were two different factions of those groups of mutants right that had their own infighting yeah but it was that the mutants were hated by the people that they were trying to save. And it it gave that shades of gray in there. It's not just good versus evil, you know? And one of the things that I thought was so interesting was that, for example, Char- Professor Charles Xavier was inspired by Dr. Martin Luther King. And then you have Magneto that was inspired by Malcolm X which I thought was so interesting. And I was like, Oh my God, that's so obvious. Why did I not see that? Why did I not know this? Because here you have two different men who are basically fighting for the same thing, but are taking vastly different approaches to it where one is more peaceful and the other one is more, definitely more direct and more forceful, not to say violent, but more forceful and direct. Um, and I just thought that was just so brilliant, but maybe was a little bit too subtle for some people. Hmm. Um, yeah, I loved it. And then also, they had also mentioned, um, trying to see where I could find it. Oh, they were also mentioned the Sentinels, um, that came later on, and the Sentinels were, um, Uh, basically in response to, you know, black Americans that were being beaten and abused by white police officers. Right. So, I mean, speaking exactly to what has been going on for so long.
1: Right. And the feeling that you should get when you watch the X-Men and you see uh, or read an X-Men comic is when you understand the public perception of mutants Mm-hmm. You should empathize with the mutants. You should say, this is yeah. not fair. This is not right. Uh, yeah. they are being treated badly by the public as a whole just because of, you know, this.
0: Yeah, that's now, not their fault. They were born with it, right? Yeah, take that lesson and
1: apply it to the real world. Like, it, it does not, like, this should be a very easy, um, allegory for, you know, really any group of people that has been oppressed by a larger group of people. You know, I mean, honestly, I think one of the reasons they probably call it the X-Men is, you know, solve for X. X can really be anything. It can be the experience of uh, black people in the United States. It can be the experience of gay people in the United States. It can be the experience of transgender people in the United States. It can be the experience of any group that has been marginalized by the public as a whole, by the power structure. You know, yeah. it can be women in a misogynistic world. It can it, it, it's it is about uh systematic oppression, it is about judgment, it is about um just kind of the lack of empathy that can exist against the other. Apply it to uh immigrants or uh refugees who are fleeing oppression in other countries that come here searching for a better life and the hostility that they get met with. Yeah. You know, X can be like you know, like I said, solve for x. It can really yeah. be anything, and that should be a pretty easy one to understand.
0: It should be, but I didn't get it <laughs> when I was little.
1: I didn't realize. But, but I think one of the things is like when you're ki- when you're a kid, it's great if you do get it. As you get a little older, you definitely need to understand it.
0: Well, yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't that I didn't understand the overlying message. It was just that I didn't realize where the inspiration came from. Right. And that just kind of blew my mind. And, um, yeah, I mean, and this was just scraping the tip of the iceberg. Yeah,
1: absolutely. You can go down the Marvel roster and find, uh, characters that have origins that are born out of the civil rights movement. Um, I want to put one out there. That mm-hmm. is, you know, one I mentioned earlier, but it's Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars has always occupied a very interesting place because um, I know people that are very liberal-minded who love Star Wars and very conservative-minded who love Star Wars, and they each point to the Empire as the symbol of oppression that politically they are against. Right. Which is kind of funny in a way, but that's the way storytelling works sometimes, uh, to me, I've always seen this as the Empire is kind of a racist, fascist movement uh, that is out there to um, consolidate power, you know, keep it amongst themselves. But it's also a power structure that is basically filled with all white men. True. So it is, there are a lot of uh, Nazi comparisons that can be drawn here as well. So I think that... um for me you see that play out all throughout the star wars films you know it's always about the the oppression but then it also goes a step further when it talks about rebellion and you know, even branches like Rogue One introduced us to concepts within a rebellion where two sides, where you might have factions within a rebellion and two sides that don't get along. Because one is going for that Professor X peaceful route, and then the other yep. one is looking for, like, uh, a more kind of uh, direct approach into how they, they handle some of these things. You know, you exactly. have the, the Saw of the world and the and the Mon Mothmas of the world out there trying to each achieve the same goal, but through dramatically different means. Mm-hmm. You know, so we have all of those things that are in there. You have Luke Skywalker, you know, and you have his whole journey to kind of, you know, um, oh, you know, his journey to overthrow the emperor basically, but there's a lot of reconciliation with the father. But then you also have Rey, who's an interesting character because Rey represents kind of a populist approach. You know, she is, I mean, well, I should say the rise of Skywalker aside because. <laughs> I really hated the idea of her being tied to Palpatine. It's really stupid because yeah. um, ultimately what her journey is is she's, you know, that you can come from nothing and rise up and and take power. Uh, you can rise up and, and become something. and And that in and of itself is a political message too. So I think that those are all things within the Star Wars universe that are applicable in this same thing.
0: Yeah, agreed. And, and one of the things that I wish they would, oh gosh, I don't even want to open this can of worms. I wish they would have kept that with Ray, um, because it's, it's also that idea of one person can make a difference Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be somebody of any kind of prominence, right? you know, um, yeah, it, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't even want to go down that route. Anybody, <laughs> down that
1: route. Anybody can embody the hero or yeah. as Miles Morales says in Into the Spider-Verse, mm. anyone can wear the mask, right? It's about this idea that, that you can rise, but for some people, the rise is easier than it is for others. Some people are born into that privilege. Other people are not. And for them, the road is more difficult. These are all allegories for explaining so much of the things that are happening that you're hearing yeah. about on the news right now. Mhm. It's just a matter of whether or not we're willing to listen.
0: Well, yeah, and I think like I said earlier, it's just it's it's shocking to me to know how many people are fans of of these stories and these types of stories that don't have the ability to see it in their own lives, to see it in their own world, to see what side they're actually on. <laughs> right. You right. know?
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a stunning thing to think that people just look at these things as like fairy tales that you just drop and, and leave and you just go back to doing things. thing. Like these are, the these thing, are about fairy real world tales. things.
0: But that's the thing is that even fairy tales are supposed to be stories um that teach you about life. Yeah. Morality plays. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's what the Bible is supposed to be. Right. You yeah. know? And, Any religious and, document. Yeah, pretty much. Um so yeah, I mean the fact that they that there's so many people that it just goes completely over their heads is mind blowing.
1: Yeah, and I think that there are so many different um There are so many different examples of this, but another one that we might as well get into because, you know, you've been asking me to watch it, and I think it is (laughs) fundamentally perfect for the time that we're living in, and I've finally seen it. Let's talk about HBO's
0: Watchmen series. Oh, my gosh. So good and so incredibly poignant for what's going on right now. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, honestly, that series gets jump-started um, on a real-life event, the race massacre in Tulsa, Oklahoma.
0: Which I am incredibly embarrassed to say that I knew nothing of this until I watched, uh, I almost said X-Men, until I watched The Watchmen. I had not heard of it. And it's it's one of those situations where all of a sudden you realize you don't know what you don't know.
1: Well, and, and a lot of that has to do with like public schools and exactly. The the things whitewashing that they to of education.
0: <laughs> yeah, the complete whitewashing of education. Um yeah, I was blown away. I I had no idea that that was actually a thing. And I'm I'm kind of angry that I didn't know about it because that's huge.
1: And then, you know, we have uh an event coming up that is, that was set for Tulsa next week. Uh, you know, that, that whole thing. And, um, to, to see, and so like, just to understand the ignorance of scheduling a rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, the site of 99 years after like the, like shortly after the 99th anniversary of the worst incident of racial violence, um, in the recent history of America, uh, you yeah. know,
0: it, 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 there were actual bombs, yeah, dropped on Tulsa. Yeah, it's the f- first and only time that there were bombs dropped on mainland United States. Yeah, and setting
1: using Tulsa as the setting for Watchmen uh, tells you explicitly right off the bat: this is a show that is going to talk about race. It's going to talk about American culture, and it's going to do so in a very kind of unflinching and very direct way.
0: Yeah, and it's... oh Gosh, there's so much that I absolutely love about this series, and not just because of... I don't even want to say political undertones. There's no undertone to it. <laughs> there's it's It's so... Brilliantly done and I am so glad I finally got you to watch this. <laughs> I have been trying so hard to get you to watch it and I'm so glad that you finally did and and that you loved it as much as I thought that you would.
1: I mean there's there's a lot to break down in that show. I mean there's oh, there's man. the overall brilliance of the storytelling, but yeah. if I'm just keeping it focused on on just the ideas of the kind of um the social and political backdrop that it's taking place against like, you know, oh here is a guy who is trying to rise to power on the back of a culture war that he is stoking. Wow
0: hmm mm. Where have I heard that before? <laughs> For
1: real right and there are all of those different um, aspects of it even things about appropriation, you know just the idea that the first ever superhero was a black man who had to pretend to be white you know yeah. again so that that is an appropriation that, that you know it, it, it's it is, um, It should make you frustrated to, to kind of see some of those things, but then to understand that it is being born out of a suffering and a cruelty and a systemic unfairness that still exists to a very large degree. Yeah. And that should be an awakening for people. And that is how shows like this can, can have that that responsibility you know just because you are choosing to escape into this world does not mean that you are free from the message that that thing is is is
0: giving you right and i think one of the things that this show does so well is the way that it's presented the way that it's written it's it's done with such care and it is done with a lot of subtlety. Like it doesn't, I don't know. I don't know how to word this, but um, it's, it's incredibly powerful, but at the same time, it doesn't feel preachy. It's not preachy at all, but it gets its message across very clearly. And I just think this show overall and getting a, away a little bit from the subject that we're talking about and just talking about the show is that the way things are unraveled, the pacing of the show and what they give you in each one it's in, in each episode is just so well done. And it's like they, they give you, they don't give you too much all in one bite it's a way that it's spread out. It's that pacing that I was talking about that it's, it's, it just gives you enough to keep going with each one. And you don't feel so overwhelmed um, because it's a lot of the stuff that they tackle in this show from the oppression, from the racism, from um, even gay rights. Um, it's just, it's really, really heavy stuff. But it's presented in such a way that it's it's powerful, but you don't feel as if it's something that's being um, I don't know forced upon you or something. Does that I don't know if that even makes any sense, but um, it's just it's so, so incredibly well done.
1: It, it's a it's a terrific show. It is really well constructed. There's a, a moment in the show where they talk about masks um in the final episode and um one of the characters who is a white character uh, is asked about why why people wear masks and he he says masks make men cruel so from his perspective it is the mask is used to hide cruelty um and then another um another uh view is offered later where two characters are speaking and these are, uh, black characters and they say that, you know, um, one says that, that putting on the mask you feel anger and the other one said it's not anger, it is hurt and fear and you're yeah. getting a juxtaposition of the fact that um, One, that, that these two characters have actually had to endure trauma and the mask is there to hide the trauma, but the other one has never, doesn't have that shared experience. So he only understands the bitterness and the cruelty of it.
0: Well, and then also the next line after that moment is that he says that mask was there to hide a wound. And wounds need to breathe.
1: Yeah, wounds need air. Brilliant, it's a brilliant line of dialogue. Oh, so good. Yeah, Uh, but but you know, but so there's that level of it too. So again, like you know, it may be a cool continuation of um, of a comic book series, but in a lot of ways, it's 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 not not so much a call to action, but it's a call to awareness. Yeah. And a lot of these stories are calls to awareness. And that's what we need to understand that, that, you know, when you are consuming something, if you're not, if you're not taking the, the, the themes of it and applying them outwardly to the world, then, then if you're just letting them go, then what, what really is the point?
0: Yeah. And, um. <laughs> It's just, it's amazing to me just how it's, it's, it's everywhere. And it's not even in just in civil rights. Um, you briefly mentioned Lord of the Rings earlier. And one of the overwhelming things of Lord of the Rings isn't just good versus evil. It's, it's industry against the natural world. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and there's so many, I mean, in, with Lord of the Rings, it goes even deeper than that. Because, yes, you can talk about um, racism as well within Lord of the Rings. But, um, yeah, there's politics everywhere in everything that we watch. And, I mean, and even the music that we listen to. I think one of the most recent ones that just has made me laugh so much is there was a sentence that somebody said. is like, what machine do you think they were singing about raging against? Right, yeah. <laughs> in all of this.
1: Yeah, like, if you don't like Tom Morello's politics, I don't understand how you know who the hell Tom Morello is then. Right. I mean, good grief. I mean, but yeah, I mean, in Lord of the Rings, there's a lot of that kind of stuff. But the other thing, too, that Lord of the Rings deals with in a very, in a much more kind of straight line kind of way is power. And power is politics, you know, and Mm -hmm. that, those those ideas are inextricably, inextricably linked. So it is impossible to say that your escapism is just escapism for the sake of escapism. I get the idea behind it, and I understand it. And there have been times where to disconnect from the reality of something, I will, you know, pick up a fantasy book that I love or watch a Marvel film that I love or go back and rewatch Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones. It's called Game of Thrones. It's political in nature. Um, <laughs> you know but at the same time and i i hope that other people have this feeling that i have when i am engaged with that material whatever it is i still connect it to my own kind of humanity and ultimately i come back to thoughts about the things that are going on in the world that i wanted to escape from and i think yeah. about you know I, I using the um using the the allegory and the the themes of those stories and applying them forward or you know and how we contextualize the reality that we're going through you know we talked about we talk about it all the time on this podcast where we say stories are how we understand the world it is how we're introduced to the world it is how the world makes sense to us and we need to be better when it comes to understanding those stories, I think.
0: Yeah. So uh, everybody needs to stay home and watch Netflix and do some homework and really think about the stuff that you're watching. Um. Yeah, I... <sighs> I have, I have so many words that are in my brain and you're so good at expressing them. And I just get like completely roadblocked, um, which is great for a podcast. Uh, but I, I just, I, do you have any ideas? Maybe, because I certainly don't, um, how we can somehow, make people realize this stuff i mean maybe we should i don't know maybe we should do a podcast about it um (laughs) that's kind of silly um but i just i just wish people would would understand and you know there are people that i know who are fans of star wars and yet seem to be on the side of the empire and they don't realize it
1: (laughs) well here's what i'll say um, there are so many talented writers and filmmakers and artists and comedians and people all over the entertainment world, whether it's literary, whether it's cinema, television, comic books, graphic novels, wh- whatever the case may be, there are so many creators that come from communities that are marginalized within society. And I think now is a great time to check out some of the works of those individuals, you know, because they write about, they write about those things. And maybe that will help people connect better to some of the things that are happening in the world. You know, um, understanding the, the, POV of an author who is, you know, transgender, um, you know, understand, you know, th- that's just an example. I think reaching out and understanding about, um, you know, all of those different things, you know, try to ex- access the work of some of those creators from those areas of culture.
0: Right. And I guess looking into the future, one of the things I am looking forward to is seeing what these difficult and horrific events inspire. You know, I mean, look at some of the most trying times in humanity. What people of, um, artistic and, uh, creative minds have come up with afterwards. You know, look at it, the whole, um, Renaissance era was after the plague. You know, and and we were just talking about X-Men and that was born out of the civil rights movements in the 1950s. And you know, the things that we're going through are so horrific and and difficult and trying. But I don't know. It's like, it's like that light at the end of the tunnel. It's like that inspires people. It inspires action and it inspires creativity. And I guess I'm just trying to find any little nuggets of positivity out of all of this. And it's incredibly inspiring to see the change that's happening. And I cannot wait to see what flowers from that Well, because t- those seeds of change have been planted.
1: To tie it back to um, an idea that, that, that we talked about earlier is, you know, we talked about the kind of problems that we have socially with... The polarization of everything. Everything is political now too. Like what chicken sandwich you eat is political. Oh my god. What cable news channel you watch is political. It's all clothes you buy. Yeah. And it's all political to a degree. And within all of that, within this big churn of media and and the politics of everything, I think we've disconnected from our humanity. You know, yeah. I, I think that is one of our core problems: is we've disconnected from our humanity. And you know, I think we can use stories to reconnect to our humanity. We can, we I, I don't know. I, I've always used stories as therapy for myself. You know, whenever I need to reconnect to my humanity, I look at characters who don't give up on humanity or don't give up on people. Those are heroes, right? And I think that we can use those stories as ways to to reconnect with our humanity. And that has to happen with empathy and understanding the struggle and difficulty that people are going through.
0: I don't think I can build off of that. That was beautiful. And it has to and, and, and
1: there has to be meaningful change. There has to be yeah. meaningful change. Because we just cannot keep reliving this shit over and over and yeah. over again. Things have well, to change.
0: Yeah, and one of the most amazing things that I've um observations that I've I've seen and I've heard others comment on it is that, you know, you had the protests um, in the fifties and sixties. And it was mainly everybody that was in the crowd looked the same. It was, it was a lot of black people and you didn't have a lot of people of any other color that were out there fighting side by side with them. A couple, not, not much, but this time it's been different. It's not just been black people that have been out and protesting for this change, there's been a lot of white people. There's been a lot of um, Hispanic and Asian, and just all different colors and creeds that have all come together, and and have had these protests for days on end. I've never seen anything quite like this before, and I just hope that that momentum. Is able to be carried out for the next three months, and that they go and vote in November, because that's where real change happens. Well,
1: well, it also, yeah, you you know, people need to um, obviously take their their energy and focus them on meaningful change. And the only way we really accomplish meaningful change is is at the ballot box. But um, ultimately, in the end. <sighs> Just because you have escapism does not mean you relinquish your responsibility as a citizen. Right. Uh, in, in a lot of ways, the things that you escape into should reaffirm your citizenship. It should reaffirm your humanity. It should reaffirm your empathy. It's, it's really as simple as that. You know, so many stories, uh, the hero's journey itself is about kind of shedding aside the childishness and the naivete that comes from when you're younger and you step into an adult world. But you know, one of the, also the other aspects is of the hero's journey is that you have, you return from the journey with the elixir, the, the, the way to help others. Mm. We need to live that. You need to embody that, or at least find ways to take it out of these stories and, and apply it forward. Um. So again, I know this has been a little bit preachy and there's going to be a (laughs) lot of people out there that are going to listen to this and be like, "What? I don't care. But you should care um, because a lot of people are hurting and they have been hurting because of uh, systems that have been designed to um, really only benefit one group of people. And uh, it's time for that to end. You know, and we have to believe in equality and we have to believe in systemic fairness. And if we're not always pushing towards equality and towards fairness, then what What the hell are we doing here? Then we, we've not learned anything from our stories, from Greek mythology all the way up to, you know, Watchmen.
0: Yeah. And so many people wonder, you know, what can I do? I, I feel so helpless. What can I do? And... You know, right now, and and as you had mentioned earlier in the show, a lot of times the only thing that you can do is just listen. You don't always have to say something, but listen. Listen to what other people, listen to what um, other people of color are saying and how they're feeling and... Change is not easy. There's a lot of deep rooted um, bias in all of us. And that change is not easy. And, you know, sometimes the only thing that you can do is change what's in yourself. And hopefully that change will inspire other people because you can't force somebody else to change because then with this polarizing society that we are in, if you're trying to force somebody, if you're trying to argue with them to tell them that what they are thinking or saying is wrong, that's going to make them dig their heels in the ground even more. And that's going to make them act out. And one of the things that I've learned is that, you know, you can't control what other people are going to do, but you can at least control what you are going to do and how you react to things. And sometimes that's the best way to make that change is within yourself and how you're thinking and feeling and listening and reacting to things.
1: So I wanted to thank you guys for joining us on this podcast. Uh, hope you guys, um, engage with the stories that you love and that you are able to take some of those things from those stories and use those as a call to awareness about some of the systemic problems that we still have and that we are fighting against. And I hope that you guys find ways to be an ally to those who are in those marginalized communities. Thank you, everybody. Talk to you next time.